Welcome to the experience. Sharing insights into the future of customer and employee experiences with Avaya. Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Experience, brought to you by Avaya, where we're bringing you thought-provoking conversations with industry leaders, technologists, creators, influence, and others who are bringing to life the future of experiences. I'm Chris Bain, Head of Analyst Relations and Storytelling, and your guest host for this episode. On the show today, we have Bryant Richardson, the Fractional Chief Information Officer at Skybridge Americas. Bryant's with us today to talk all about the best ways to enhance customer and employee experiences in the contact center through the cloud and so much more. Welcome, Bryant. It's so good to see you again. Thank you for joining me today here on the Experience Podcast. Last time that we were together, I know that we spoke about the cloud journey that you were helping customers to go on. And so I really want to explore that further today. And I'm sure that our listeners will be interested in your experience of how you deliver experiences for customers, for end users. But let's start at the beginning here. Tell us about your career journey. Tell us where it started, how you've come to be, the focus on technology and transformation and experience that you have today. I tell you, early career is, I think, where that started. So even before I finished my undergrad in information systems, my early career jobs were focused on customer experience. So might recall the retailer Radio Shack, worked for them for a while. Again, always focused on arranging things and making changes in the store that would help the customer reach what they needed, whatever product it was they were looking for, have a better experience in the store. It always twofold, right? You want to be able to sell the right product, but you also want the customer to have a great experience. And then even worked in some multifamily housing and was working to create better experiences and things that are just now commonplace. But professional career, once I graduated, I was in the BPO space. So that's the business process outsourcing space at contact centers. And it spanned sales and tech support and customer service and so forth. But spent my career both on the outsourcing side and on the brand side in a variety of roles from operations to IT to client services. So really kind of a broad experience set that brought me to this point today. That's fascinating. And where you are today is working on behalf of a number of clients, but we're going to focus on one particular today, which is the work that you do with Skybridge. Tell us what your role at Skybridge is. So I'm Skybridge America's fractional CIO. And I've been in that role since 2016. The immediate question that I know listeners will have, because it's the component of that title that that isn't usual, tell us what fractional means. How do you become a fractional CIO? Essentially, a fractional executive role, and, and it could be any role. I happen to be in the chief information officer role. But a fractional role is essentially part time. And so typically, that is bringing in a consultant on a part-time basis, which helps to reduce cost while bringing in relatively stronger talent and allows organization, in the case of Skybridge and many other organizations, speed up transformation of the business. Understood. So your focus is on transformation. Would that be right? I'd say that's absolutely a fair focus. And when I was brought on board with Skybridge, the focus was transition to cloud. That was in 2016. And the original intent 
was not only to be able to stay more current and reduce costs over time, but a key component of that was being able to eliminate brick and mortar and allow people to work from home. Now, let's just contextualize it a little. So Skybridge are focusing, they're a business process outsourcer, and they're focusing on what sort of industries, what sort of customer base would Skybridge be looking at? In their case, it's a variety of verticals. They are in healthcare, financial services products, some retail products. In each of those cases, they're B2C, so business to consumer focused. And typically, those are customers that have an ongoing either loyalty or subscription relationship with our clients at Skybridge. In some cases, it's a loyalty customer, but they may not have a subscription type services. So that's common in the retail space. And in other cases, you can appreciate with e-com and in-store experiences, they're just follow-ups to orders or whatnot that have been placed. So a variety of experience types. In some of those instances, though, the customer is in a very difficult place, and so they need really a concierge level of service. You've got this fractional CIO role. Your focus is on transformation, and your client here, the company you're working with is a business process outsourcer that's delivering services into a number of different industries that are focused on customer service. What are the broad objectives within transformation that you see? The objective was not necessarily to move to cloud. The objective was to be able to stay current in terms of the service offering and in terms of functionality. And that's both in terms of how we service our clients' customers, as well as how we support each other internally within the business, from learning management to workforce management or workforce optimization to simple productivity tools. And so we needed to get away from the sort of on-premise model because again, we were focused on a journey that was going to take us to virtualizing the entire business long before COVID. And cloud was going to be the way for us to get there. We knew that we weren't going to be able to do that ultimately and continue to have to maintain on-prem systems. So cloud is the route forward on this journey, but there are many definitions of cloud. Not only how do you define cloud, how do you begin searching for the right cloud to be this endpoint? When I joined Skybridge in 2016, they had actually just contracted with a hosted provider. It was in some co-location data centers. We were in multiple sites for resiliency, but the challenge was that it was a fully managed solution. Essentially, it was an Avaya switch, but instead of being located in on-prem, it was located in a hosted data center. And the challenge that we had was that it was fully managed. So we went from having telecom engineers and others who were accustomed to handling Macs, that is moves, adds, and changes, adding new agents to the system or whatnot, as well as programming changes, say, to auto attendance or whatnot, to a solution where every little thing required that we submit a ticket to get that done. And because it was not a true cloud solution, it was also difficult to add functionality. We did have this semi-private instance of Avaya, it was hosted. We were able to start moving agents to work from home. And again, this is long before COVID. If we wanted to add something like callback assist, well, that was actually a rather challenging option because it was not truly a cloud solution. I would say that was a huge part of the learning and the journey as we moved into cloud. 
And it was not until more recently when we migrated to Avaya's enterprise cloud, private instance, that we're really in a true cloud solution. And it allows us to make a number of our own changes to that ecosystem. So again, we're back to hands-on, but we're able to get assistance on aspects of managing the telephony when we need it. How did you write a statement of requirements for cloud? What did it need to address now? I think you've covered some of that. And what did it need to address in the future? And I think that's a critical item when going to RFP or RFI when you're looking for a provider. We had defined most of our functionality requirements in terms of being able to stay current in terms of patching and the latest versions of software and the various components of CCAS, that is the contact center as a service. But beyond that, we needed to be able to support high quality audio with very limited latency to agents working from home. And so a lot of our RFI and RFP process really centered on requirements around reducing latency and ensuring we were creating good experience for both the agents and the customers in the cloud. And how much did flexibility come into it? So I know you were in this private managed, the data center with the managed service previously. You talked about the relative inflexibility of that, of effectively just lifting and shifting an on-premise solution into another environment. What needs did you have around that flexibility of consumption and delivery that are now being realized? That's probably one of the most critical areas for a BPO. Not that brand side contact center operation does not require flexibility, but to a great degree, their requirements are somewhat static relative to a BPO where we have numerous clients and we're constantly onboarding new clients. And so the ability to be able to make changes swiftly, not only have the flexibility on the platform, but also having the additional support. So being able to bring in other resources that can help us make changes where maybe we don't have sufficient staff to drive all of them, to support all of them at the same time. That was a significant requirement for us. And that was where sort of having a mix of managed services at sort of the base layer. So managing the the server environment at the OS level, at the hardware level, which is provided for us in the CCAS solution, as well as having the base requirements of PCI compliance of the environment, for example, we work with a lot of payment solutions, so that's an absolute must. Having the option to be able to work in a compliant area, not just PCI compliance, but potentially HIPAA, FedRAMP, et cetera, depending on the nature of our clients is hugely important for us. I would say too, it's more common on the brand side that if a solution is available, it's available across the board. But in the BPO space, we do need to obviously manage costs very closely across a variety of clients that have different needs. So having the flexibility to, for example, add callback assist or add natural language, conversational intelligence, that kind of thing on a client-by-client basis is extremely important for us on the BPO side. Yes, I would imagine that that is critical. You say that some agents, or maybe the majority of agents, are working from home, and you've got this flexibility of being able to uplift the number that you've got or meet the needs of your your clients. But some of those clients have 
got security and data privacy concerns around processing of data, payment handling, the notes and everything else that agents will make when they're working from their environments at home. How do you manage that? I know you said on payments, for instance, you've got PCI compliance solutions. So presumably there's no need for credit cards to be noted down or heard by the agents. What other steps do you need to take to manage client security concerns with agents when they're working from home? There are a variety of solutions on that front. And what gets deployed, again, this is the importance of flexibility in the BPO space and why this is so significant for a client like Skybridge Americas. Some clients, in fact, I know in one case in a healthcare provider solution that they've actually provided their own desktops to access their own tools. So we see that as sort of one extreme example. On the other end of the spectrum, though, and all of our agents, by the way, are using a VDI. So the desktop that they're logging into, both to manage call control as well as to access client tools, is a lockdown virtual desktop integration that allows us to secure that environment. We have a variety of policies in place and training in place that are very well executed that combines to create a safe environment for the home agent to conduct their work. And to your point, in some cases, we have clients where because of their sensitivity to CHD or cardholder data being shared on a call, they actually have solutions integrated. And we've integrated this with our Avaya Enterprise Cloud solution as well, where they can enter the DTMF digits. The agent doesn't hear even the DTMF when the customer is entering that information and they simply get a token that they're able to enter into the payment panel, the payment screen on the client tools. So there are a variety of solutions that are available to help us manage that security in addition to simply having policies in place and the training number of technical solutions. You can deploy those solutions in any combination for any customer environment that comes your way. Is that right? And that's the point of the flexibility is each client has their own unique set of business requirements and business risks that they're willing to accept or that they're not willing to accept. And we have technical solutions, really a mix of technical systems to help meet or mitigate those business risks. I can see where the client needs would be met, no matter who was coming in and what their needs were going to be. How do you focus on delivering experience? You've got a number of different clients. You've got a number of different agents delivering services for those clients. That's a lot of different asks to concentrate on at once. How do you still manage to maintain a focus on customer experience when you're managing multiple business clients within the organization? There are a number of areas that that touches on, one of which that's most significant is employee engagement. And Skybridge in particular is doing an exceptional job across the board. It's technology enabled. It has to be because we're a 100% remote workforce, but they've done a tremendous job of engaging their employees and still having social interaction, despite the fact that most of their employees are remote from one another. There are still some concentrations of employees in certain areas where they can see each other outside of work. But I would say a huge aspect of this is the engagement. And second to that though, is how we train people and, and engage them so they can be successful. And that's not only the 
sort of the standard SkyBridge America's training, I'll say, but also how we support client-related training and sort of repackage that training into a fashion that is more easily consumable by our agent population that sets them up for success. Beyond that, though, and part of your point, I think, Chris, is there is so much complexity when we're managing for multiple clients, any one of which may have significant complexity under themselves. And the way to support that, there are two aspects of this. One is the flexibility that we have with our cloud service providers. Another aspect is the dedicated teams that are focused on the business, the individual clients, and driving continuous improvement across those clients. It sounds to me like there's a culture that you're fostering within your own workforce and that culture is important in the delivery of service to your end customers. That's part of the appeal that you've got engaged employees who are focused on the job in hand, who are target driven, but who enjoy their work and each other's company as well. How is technology an enabler of that cultural identity rather than being a barrier, as you said, because everybody's dispersed? And that's the trick, right? How do you intentionally drive the right kind of culture in your organization to retain people who are working remotely? And it really is the technology that's enabled that. And although telephony is still on an Avaya solution, in this case, I mentioned Enterprise Cloud, we have a private instance, but our operations delivery team has actually created many crews. So it's not unusual in a contact center to have teams. And those might have a coach with, depending on the ratio requirements, it might be 16 to one, it might be 20 to one. I've seen even greater than that in terms of ratios to a coach or supervisor. And in our environment, we actually have smaller crews that may be comprised of a half dozen individuals. And they are rooting for each other. They're supporting each other. And there's a little bit of friendly competition within and across those smaller crews to support their client and to do an exceptional job with it. So there's a wonderful camaraderie that Skybridge America's operational team has developed. I've been in this space for a long while, but it goes back well over 30 years in this space of customer experiences predominantly in the contact center. And I have not seen the level of retention that we experience in Skybridge Americas. Typically, you would see this in maybe a brand side, but we have folks who have developed their careers here. It's not unusual at all to bump into agents or coaches or escalation agents who've been with Skybridge for 10, 15, gosh, I think 20 years. And that's sort of unheard of in the contact center space, but it, it speaks to two things. One, it speaks to the culture that we've created at Skybridge Americas and that people would want to develop their career here and stick around. The other aspect, though, is really what that does for the customer's experience. Everything that we do for the agent experience is all about supporting, ultimately, the customer's experience. And if we're constantly turning over our agent population and a customer engages with someone who's brand new and hasn't come up the learning curve, they're not going to have as positive an experience as they would most likely 
with an agent who has been around for a while. So I'm guessing that this culture that you're fostering and the technology changes and the transformation that you've helped to drive that have made a a significant impact on the way that the business is delivered must end up having a significant positive impact on profitability as you're able to keep the people that you're training and keep those customers that you're setting up services for. For Skybridge Americas in particular, that has translated. So it's a combination of being able to compensate agents a bit better because we're not paying for a brick and mortar, right? But also the impact then that that has in reducing costs of onboarding new agents. So the culture that Skybridge has created, the improved compensation versus a a number of competitors in the outsourcing space has really allowed us to be sticky and be able to retain our agent population. But your point's well taken. I think the old adage is it costs 10 times as much, give or take, to get a new customer than it does to keep an existing customer. And I want to say it was Frederick Rickeld of Bain & Company. That's the inventor of Net Promoter Score. But He did research showing that increasing customer retention rates by just 5%. So imagine customer churn as a whole. If you could reduce churn, that is improve retention by just 5%, that depending on your industry vertical, that could improve profitability, not necessarily gross revenue, but profitability by anywhere from 25 to 100%. So you could potentially double profitability just by reducing customer churn by 5%. It's clear that, and we see this across the industries that we service, it's clear that retaining customers helps our clients be more profitable. Can you say that as a result, these technology transformations and the move to flexibility and the cloud adoption and this, in Avaya, we call it innovation without disruption, where you introduce multiple cloud environments. You talked about the the pure cloud applications that you're consuming in conjunction with private cloud instances now that you're taking from the Avaya services and no doubt lots of other applications as well without needing to rip and replace things, but an iterative addition and an iterative managed planned journey over time. How is that then paying dividends in terms of this retention and the increased profitability or or in any other metric that you want to measure for Skybridge? Focusing just on the technology management itself, we've been able to run a much leaner IT organization as a result. In some cases, that's because many of the services that we may have had to maintain our own staff for are actually being consumed as part of cloud managed services. And so there's savings on that front, savings just in terms of ongoing licensing. So being able to consume as we need licenses. When I joined Skybridge Americas in 2016, everything was on-prem. And at the time they had more licenses and this was not on, on the telephony side, this was in their productivity software side they had more licenses than they even had need for. And they had paid for this. They had essentially prepaid for licensing because it was all on-prem and they had no way to get their money back on that. So they had amortized that out over time, obviously. In the cloud environment where you're consuming as you need to consume, you have much more flexibility to manage those costs. Not to mention, as I've shared, the staffing costs. Now that's just from the IT management side. So that's 
telecom engineers, network engineers, system admins, et cetera, but then move that into the operational side of the business with the tools we have in place, which are 100% cloud. We're in a position where with the vast majority of SkyBridge's clients, we're in the top right corner. We're performing at peak. I credit that. Certainly, I'd like to take some credit for the tools we're using, but typically we're using on the agent desktop the same tools that they have. They're client-provided tools. So it's about what we're doing to support the agents and ensure that they're being successful. And that's the collaboration that I mentioned. It's the healthy competition among crews within the business. It's having ongoing training that's available when they need it on demand. And I will say that SkyBridge Americas is doing an outstanding job. I want to move on to the future a little bit and what next for you and what next for SkyBridge as well. It's interesting you talked about training because that new generation that's coming through have different expectations of how they consume technology and what experience means and how they're going to deliver that into others and and the cultural differences as well. What difference do you think that the technology that's emerging today, notably AI, is going to have on customer experience and on employee experience and things like training? I think that's a fascinating area. And aside from the obvious, AI agent assistance, for example, is a tremendous tool that will help new agents in particular to identify which tool or which KB article they need to reference to support a customer at a given time. What I think is going to be very interesting, and you touched on this, as we have a younger generation in the workforce and in our contact centers supporting our customers and in SkyBridge's case, our clients' customers. It's vital that we are really helping them to learn and retain knowledge in a way that makes sense to them, that engages them in the experience of consuming training and being able to retain that knowledge. I think AI is going to be a critical piece of this as AI observes not just customer behaviors during a customer interaction, but the agent behaviors and identifies where agents need additional training and potentially even delivers that training between calls or whatnot so that the agent skills can be honed much more quickly and they can retain that information and become better agents, better engaged agents that are capable of creating more consistent, positive, and accurate experiences for their customers. I think that aspect of AI, and I've not seen much in that space where we're using the AI to observe the agent in order to deliver more support to the agent vis-a-vis training. But I think that's going to be a significant factor for us here in the near future. One of the challenges is that maybe it's a challenge, maybe it ultimately is not. But what we're seeing is as customers become accustomed to consuming self-service, whether it's AI enabled or not, What we see happening is that it's a higher order engagement than that is going to a live agent to be supported. And so those agents are really going to have to be sort of an escalation agent. They're going to have to have very deep and broad skill sets ultimately to be able to support the customer because the simple questions are being handled by self-service, right? And so I think One of the challenges will be helping that agent of the future as they're handling higher order interactions or transactions with the customers to really become 
Uber agents, if you will, to support those transactions. Do you think, therefore, we'll have to think differently about the experience of the people that we want to bring into the industry, the people that are going to act as agents in future? Will they need a different experience set? Or do you think that that is attainable through the sort of training that you're talking about? I think a key piece of this is capacity. It's the capacity of the agent to become or to be that expert agent. In the case of an outsource provider, for some of Skybridge's clients, some of those agents are supporting multiple brands, not necessarily concurrently, but on different days of the week, for example, depending on their schedule, they may be supporting one client in one time frame and another client in another time frame. So they've really got to be capable of managing all of that knowledge and supporting those customers. So being able to measure capacity for that level of support and that level of complexity is going to be critical in the onboarding process to ensure that we've got the right fitment for that agent. And like I say, making sure that we're effective in engaging them is going to be critical. That is fascinating. Brian, we're coming towards the end of our time here. So I've just got one more question for you. And it's about your predictions for the future. You've talked about the importance of AI and of engaging the next generation. What else do you think that are developing technology areas are going to have, what impact will they have on the future of delivering customer experience and experience in general? As the technology evolves and as customers are experiencing different levels of service with the brands that they engage with, that they choose to engage with, one thing that appears pretty clear to me is that there is this pressure then across all of the other brands of those consumers to really step up how we create experiences for our customers collectively. If I'm accustomed to dealing with, for example, a brand that is using AI and a multi-sensory experience to immerse me in the brand, I was just shopping at a high-end retailer actually yesterday. And one of the things that they do really well is create virtual experiences online. In this case, they're clothing predominantly, but being able to see, say, a shirt or a coat in advance and really kind of experience that, being able to create those immersive experiences really sets a bar just for me that when I then go to engage a brand that isn't even doing a good job of providing self-service or isn't creating a great service experience when I'm in their store, for example, I am less inclined to go back to that brand. And we just talked about the impact of reducing customer churn. If brands are not able to compete in that space and really create exceptional experiences that are centered around the customer, we used to call it mass customization, which was thought to be this impossible thing to achieve. But AI is really going to put us in a position to be able to create mass customized experiences for customers. And I think that's going to be critical that for all of our brands that we have a vision toward that, even if it's something that we can only move toward in incremental steps. That's profound and I think insightful as well. The move from transactional to experience-based value systems, as summed up in writings about the experience economy, 
that's that generational move, transformational move, I suppose, to come back full circle to your role and what you're doing at Skybridge from old to new and the way that the world will work in the future. Brian, it's been a real privilege and a fascinating insight into both your experience and to what Skybridge are doing in this conversation today. I want to thank you very much for joining me and uh, sharing your experience with our listeners here on the Experience Podcast at Avaya. Well, thanks so much, Chris. I was delighted to be able to join you today. It's great to see you again. And really, my pleasure to be able to join you on the experience. So thanks again to Brian for coming on the show and talking about the best ways to enhance customer and employee experiences in the contact center through the cloud. If you're enjoying this, please be sure to rate the show and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I've been your guest host, Chris Bain, and this has been The Experience, brought to you by Avaya, where we share insights into the future of customer and employee experiences.